0: Welcome to Life Church. We are an X242 Community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through his word and by his spirit. We're in the series What Love Does. And the passage that we're going to look at today took place a few hours before Jesus's arrest. And it was a time most famously known as the Last Supper. And a picture's going to come up behind us there. And Jesus and his disciples, it was a time they gathered together to celebrate the Passover. The Passover, if you remember, was was from the Old Testament, the Israelites, that, that time where they were in captivity in Egypt. And and God was going to rescue them and the angel of death was coming over. And so they had to, to um, in order that they would be rescued, a lamb was, its blood was spilt, put on the doorposts. And as the angel came over, the houses that were covered in the blood were free and no death touched them. And so this was a moment that the, the Jewish nation remembered. And so this is what the um, disciples and Jesus were celebrating together and remembering that night. But as we read this passage, Jesus would very carefully explain to the disciples that a new meaning was coming forth, A a new blood was coming in order that they might be set free and saved from the penalty of death. Jesus's hour had come. And now it was time to input into his followers the very reason that he had come. So let's look at John chapter 13. And we're going to read from verses 1 to 17. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He'd loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord and and you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth slaves are not greater than their master nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message now that you know these things God will bless you for doing them you know in the in the time that we're talking about here People wore sandals. They didn't have covered shoes like we would have today. And the roads that they walked on were very filthy and very dusty. If you think back to old England, Victorian England, and and sometimes, you know, like before all the sewage systems were all built, you kind of have this mental picture of people chucking the toilet waste out of the window and the open sewers in the roads. It was probably no different. And so people were walking in open shoes in the heat in the dust, in the filth, in the muck. And and so it was very common practice that when you entered into a home, there would be a basin, there would be some water, there would be a towel there in order that your feet would be washed. And because it was such a disgusting, dirty job, because let's be honest, you didn't know what was on your feet, it was normally the lowest paid servant or a slave whose job it would be to get down on their knees, clean in between your toes, and get that that dung, that muck out, the dirt out, the dead, whatever had been on the ground that you'd walked through, it was their job to scrape it off your feet and make your feet nice and fresh in order that you could come into the house and be clean. So imagine this picture with me. (laughs) The disciples arrive in the room that day the basin and towels there by the door but as they've entered there is no servant there waiting to clean their feet they've borrowed the room everything's all ready but there's a moment of awkwardness because there is nobody there to wash the feet so who was going to do it that moment of awkwardness as they all looked around. I ain't doing that. I am not getting down on my knees and washing that off your feet. Have you seen the state of your feet? I am not. I am not prepared to do that. Who was going to do the worst task imaginable? There had already been ongoing arguments between them as a group of disciples over who was the greatest. That had already been taking place. And if anything, as they were arriving to this very meal where it was an important meal in their calendar, probably what was on their minds was, who's going to sit closest to Jesus? Who's going to bag see the best seat at the table? So I can imagine them rushing into this room, realizing, oh, if, if I stop and do the work... I'm actually probably going to get the worst seat at the table, the furthest away from Jesus. That they just thought, in that moment, I want to sit next to Jesus. So forget that. I am going to head and bagsy my seat. And For three and a half years, Jesus had walked with these men and kept showing them the ways of his father. And these were the people, remember, that he was going to leave the greatest responsibility of carrying his message to the world. And they still didn't get it. For three and a half years, he'd been with them, and they still didn't get it. And so in this final meal, Jesus took the time to teach them one final message. Verse one says that Jesus knew his hour had come. He knew that the appointed time, the very reason he was on the earth, had come. And he was going to reveal who he was through his death on the cross, his resurrection, and his returning to the Father, his ascension. But yet still, even though knowing what lay ahead, he found time to show his extent of his love for his disciples. And so Jesus Remember who Jesus is, God in flesh, sovereign over everything. The ruler of the universe left the table, went and picked up the basin to wash their dirty feet. He even washed the feet of Judas, who would betray him. He even washed the feet of Peter, who he knew was going to turn his back on him. And Jesus completed the work of the lowliest of servants. And the disciples, they must have been astonished. They must have like watched Jesus do this work. And I wonder if they thought, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I just go and pick up the basin? I can't believe Jesus is the one Doing it. But Jesus, he knew who he was, he knew where he'd come from, he knew what he had, he knew where he was going, and so that helped him determine what he did. It says he took off his outer garment, he lay aside in that moment. All of who he was, he lay aside his title and he bent down and he picked up a basin. Can you imagine years later, the disciples, as they gathered and they probably recalled that night. Do you remember that night when, when Jesus, he knew what was going to happen, yet he still was prepared to wash our hands feet. And in that moment, as Jesus picked up the basin, he was teaching his disciples that despite who we are, despite our titles, despite the roles we hold, we are to be men and women who know how to serve and love each other. Later on, you know, Peter writes in in his letters to the church, he says says this. And I imagine this probably came from um, this lesson he learnt with Jesus that night. Peter wrote to the church, he said this, he said to them, All of you, dress yourself in humility as you relate to each other. Put on humility. Be people, men and women, who are prepared to pick up the basin for each other dress yourself in humility in other words be men and women who bow low and serve each other out of fierce love remember who you once were remember where you've come from but know who you are now in christ You know, we can never match the humility that Christ showed for us, but we are called to imitate him. We are called to do what he did. See, what does love do? Love picks up a basin. The next thing love does is, that Jesus did in that passage, love wears a towel. When I, was, when I used to be a teacher, there used to be a story pinned up on the notice board in the staff room, and I'm sure it's just someone's way of subtly getting a message across to us as, as staff. And this is the story. There's a story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry because it was everybody's job. And everybody thought anybody could do it. But nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. The disciples had been arguing. They were still hoping that Jesus was going to topple Rome because they still didn't quite fully get it. And an argument had been brewing amongst them over who was going to get what position in this new kingdom that Jesus was going to bring forth. Now, John, in this passage, doesn't record this incident. But if you go to Luke, on the same night, Luke records a conversation that had been happening between them. And this is what Luke writes. He put, they began to argue amongst themselves about who would be the greatest among them. They wanted position And that was one of the reasons neither of them, none of them picked up the basin, didn't put on the towel. It's because they wanted a position of greatness in the eyes of Jesus and and amongst other people. And so Jesus has to model to them again. It says he took off his outer garment, a garment that probably identified him as a master, as a leader, as a teacher, And it says, he picked up the towel, he wrapped it around his waist, making him look like a servant, and bent down in front of each of them and began to wash away the dirt and filth from their feet. When they entered the room that day, they saw the basin, they saw the towel. One task that needed to be done but they weren't even prepared to get down and serve each other as brothers, as friends. All they were concerned about was themselves. Their attitudes towards each other stunk, just like their feet, like the filth and the muck on their feet. Their attitudes stunk. If there was anyone in the room that day that deserved To have people bow down low and wash their feet, it was King Jesus. The greatest that day became the least. So, what was Jesus teaching them? It's not enough for his followers to be people who know how to pick up a basin to do a job. Jesus wants men and women who are also prepared to wear a towel. To lay aside who we are in order that we're able to love and serve the people around our lives. It is not about our comfort. It is about other people. Jesus said these words to his followers. He said, the greatest among you shall be your servant. The greatest shall be your servant. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. So if we're going to be his followers, we need to be people who not only know how to do a job, but to wear a towel, to put on the attitude of Christ. Because love wears a towel. Thirdly, love serves Jesus set us an example of what true serving looks like. He picked up a basin, an action. He put on a towel, an attitude of heart, a a willingness to serve. And then he washed the feet of people who some might say didn't deserve it. Everything that Jesus did for us during his earthly ministry was not only an act of servanthood, but it was an act of love, whether it was deserved or not. And if we're to be people who serve like Jesus, then what we do has to be marked by kindness and love, whether it's deserved or not. And when we serve each other, our attitudes towards people should be, you are valuable to God and completely loved by him. Therefore, you are valuable to me. You're valuable to God and completely loved by him. Therefore, I'm going to treat you the same way. You are valuable and loved completely by me. But I don't think this passage, as we read it, is just about us serving our communities. You know, the disciples every day for three and a half years watch Jesus serve community. He, he fed the hungry. He healed the sick. He, he spent time with the outcasts. The disciples saw Jesus' modeling reaching out towards other people. The message Jesus was giving the disciples that day was about how we serve and treat each other. Jesus was modeling how we should love and serve each other as brothers and sisters in God's family. How we should love and serve that person in church who's upset you. How we should serve and love the person in church who's let us down. You know, it, let's be honest, it's a joy, isn't it, serving Jesus? I mean, it's great to do things for Jesus. I absolutely love it. But serving each other can sometimes be a little bit more challenging. That, you know, that person who's kind of maybe spoken some truth to you and you're a bit upset with them about it, and then there's the opportunity, oh, I've got to serve them. Really? don't think I'm going to turn up today because I don't want to see that person. Everyone's going to have a piece of my mind, aren't they? All right. Serving Jesus is great, but serving people sometimes and each other is hard work. But Jesus was modeling. We need to be people who are willing to serve and love those closest to us. And sometimes it's the people closest to us who let us down and it can be the hardest time to live out basin, and towel serving. Oswald Smith, an 1800s missionary, said this. He said, the light that shines the farthest will shine the brightest at home. The light that shines the farthest will shine the brightest at home. And if you and I want to make an impact for Jesus in the world, we need to know what it is to be faithful, to love and serve those people closest to us? So your husband, your wife, your children. How do we serve those people closest to us in our home? Do they see the love of Jesus who got down on his feet and washed the muck and the dirt of those people closest to him? Do our families, those living in our homes, see that kind of serving and loving From us towards them, whether they deserve it or not. See, true Jesus servant is lived out in everything we say and do. And remember, we need to see people through the eyes of God. If they're valuable to God, they need to be valuable for us. And God's love for your spouse is the same as his love for you. And I need to serve my husband. And love my husband whether it's deserved or not. That's how I need to act. I need to love and I need to serve my children the same way I would come and I would serve my church. The same way I would serve a community thing, the Tots group that I do on a Thursday. The same attitude I have towards those people I need to have towards my husband and my children. Children, because as Oswald Smith said, the light that shines the farthest will shine the brightest at home. Jesus didn't make that day any distinctions between who deserved their feet washing and who didn't. We can't serve and love people better than our husbands or wives, we have to love and serve them first. Later on in this chapter Jesus goes on to say John 13 verse 34 he says love one another as I have loved you so you must also love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If we love each other We are his disciples. So, if we don't love each other, can we be called his disciples? If we love each other, we will be known as his disciples. It's a high bar. It's a high example that Jesus set us, but he has called us to imitate him, to be like him. This is God's love in practice in our lives. That day, Jesus, he didn't throw in the towel with his disciples. He picked it up and he wore it and he served them. What does love do? Love lavishes the goodness of God on the life of another, whether they deserve it or not. God's love lavishes the goodness of God on the life of another. This is what love does. Let's close our eyes, shall we? Lord, help us. Lord, help us to to show your love. Lord, not just to to people in our communities, but Lord, I pray in this room this morning, Lord, Lord, that we would be a family who knows what it is to show the goodness of God on each other. Lord, your word says that that you, you command us to love one another Because by this, everyone will know that we are your disciples. Lord, if we want this community around here, Lord, to know you, Father, we we ask, Lord, that you would help us to model you. That, Lord, it won't just be something we say and we talk about out there, but that God, in here... Lord, that we will be men and women who fiercely love each other. Lord, who know what it is to protect each other, who serve one another, who encourage one another. Lord, who aren't afraid to, to get down low and serve each other. Lord, I pray that that your love will be so evident, Lord, in our lives. Lord, that it will be so attractive to the communities outside God. Lord, that they will see, Lord, that there is something different. Different going on in this school on a Sunday morning. Lord, I pray that as people come. Lord, and they are going to come, Lord. I believe that we are going to see this room filled and filled and filled as people come to want to know who you are. Lord, I pray, God, do your work in us, the Lord, that we would be prepared, that we would be ready, that we would be a body of people on a mission together to bring the life of you to this community. Lord Jesus, let your love, Lord, that you had for the disciples that night, the way you served them, God, make May that be evident in each of our lives towards each other. Lord, forgive us if we've upset each other in any way. Forgive us, Lord, if we if we struggle in this area. Lord, I pray that you would help us. Help us to grow in your love. Help us to understand who we are in you in order that we might pour out, Lord, and be like you. Lord, we don't want to be the greatest, God, because you are the greatest. Father, you are the greatest. Lord, we pray more of you and less of us in order that you will shine out of us, we pray. For your glory, Jesus. Amen.
1: We've come to the end of this
0: week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchority.com.